Hi there, I'm Hannes of Kiss and Dynamite, and you're listening to the Hook Rocks podcast by Jay. happening everyone welcome back to another episode of the hook rocks i'm your host jay scott we are the ultimate rock community podcast we are also on pantheonpodcast.com the great network of music related podcasts something for everyone's musical tastes we have everything from an almost famous podcast i want to say to rock and roll archaeology to you know, the ones I've had or the hosts that I've had on the show, Mistress Carrie out in Boston, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Tom and Zeus, the number one rated KISS podcast over there, Shout Out Loudcast. We've got Baco from Cobras and Fire and the Hanging and Banging podcast, which I just had Ron and Esty and I've had Carmen Apiece um, before, as well as their brother, Vinny Apice, or his brother, I should say, Vinny Apice. So there's something for everyone to check out. So please give them a visit at PantheonPodcast.com and follow them on social media, on Twitter at Pantheon Pods, as well as Facebook. You can follow the Hook Rocks wherever you do podcast on every platform, whether it's Amazon, Google, Spotify, or Apple. We are there and available for you to listen. All the old and the new episodes. Don't forget to set your app to automatic download. So you get all the latest Hook Rocks podcasts right to your phone whenever they are released. And follow us on Twitter at The Hook Rocks and as well as Facebook at The Hook Rocks. Please enjoy some of our recent episodes. We did our great album review celebration of 2021 where we did almost six hours of discussion. We did a top 30, but we also had contributions. So we discussed about 160 albums that were released in 2021, everyone from legacy artists to emerging bands to regional unknown bands that have released material. Check it out. There's a part one and a part two for all you music geeks out there. You can kind of just sit back and listen to all the new music that we talk about that's released in 2021. We've also had some really good new music spotlights. We welcome back the warning to the show to talk about their tour postponement. All new dates have been re-released and rescheduled. They're all available, so go check them out in a town near you. We also had the Georgia Thunderbolts on. TJ Lyle, the lead singer, great episode, as well as we just had Christian Neagle 
on to talk about the live concert revenue in 2021 and also the evolution of live streaming and where all that's headed. We also did a great new music spotlight too last week with Scarlet Rebels. They just released a new album, See Through Blue, great UK band. And we had the pleasure of talking about ACDC and their tone, their style of guitar, and how they maintain that particular sound. We welcome Mike from Mike's Guitar Shop in Hermosa Beach, great luthier, great custom guitar builder. So check out that episode. And we've got another great episode for you. It's the third time members of this band have been on the show. And uh, it's a pleasure to have them. They are the backbone of this great emerging band from Long Beach, California. I'd like to welcome in Robert Sodaro and Greg Braccio. What's going on, man? How are you? Good. How are you? How's it going? Hey. Glad to have you guys on, man. You know, as we talked prior to uh, recording this, I had the pleasure of seeing you in Braidwood with Of Limbo and then also at, at The Forge outside of Chicago early on. In fact, that was my first concert I went to. I think it was. It was the first concert I went to since the since everything was shut down. The last concert I had attended was Big Wreck in the city of Chicago. And it was just great to see live performance. Great to see you guys because I'd never seen you guys live before. Awesome. Yeah, that was uh, last June, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was like we were just getting back out there. It was still a weird sort of test the water situation, but we were out with Dirty Honey and it was a great time. Yeah, that was a great tour for you guys, too. That was a great lineup to have two new bands that are emerging and uh, both from California, both from Southern California as well. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to see that bill. Um, I know you guys are playing, I think, in Fort Wayne the the next night, but because it was a school night, I couldn't I couldn't make it out there. It's understandable. Some of those weekdays are hard to get through, I guess. Yeah, no, it's um, but it was you guys were great. You did a lot of stuff. That was new, new material. We'll get into talking about all that. But as we always do, every time we have a first-time guest on the show, we always ask them what basically this podcast is all about. What hooked you on rock and roll? Just like every great rock song has a hook that pulls you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a performance, or a band that hooked them. What was it for you guys? Like individually or collectively? Just what was the first thing that hooked you on rock music? Oh, man. Um, I know for me, I would say, I mean, just because it's what I grew up with, but um, one of the Guitar Hero games. Um, and I didn't really, I, I at least like my parents showed me some stuff, but like for the most part that those games exposed so many groups and songs that I was completely unaware of. and it was honestly playing that that made me like, well, why am I doing this? I'd rather do the real thing. Um, trying to think of some of the ones on that game. I know there was, um, I mean, especially for me and bass, there was, uh, they had Bulls on Parade, by Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I was introduced to like Muse, Chili Peppers. Um, oh, what else? There's so many good ones on that game. I know there's way more. Honestly, the whole catalog of that game was just, it very much so threw me into that genre and it was an instant connection, I guess. What about yeah, you, I would Rob? probably say the same 
kind of thing. Um, especially rock band because that exposed me to um playing uh like the drum set thing that they had on there and i was like oh that's kind of this is not that hard and then you could kind of transfer that to drums um and yeah i would i would almost say maybe the same kind of bands like i was really into muse i saw them live uh once like like later and that was kind of that really solidified like okay i kind of really want to do this like this is this seems really really cool because they perform super well live um and then like chili peppers and the police and led zeppelin crap was there there was rock band and there was also guitar hero too right those are two different things yeah they were okay all right because i in talking with the warning the first time they came on they said the same similar thing it was either guitar yeah. hero or or rock <laughs> band that you know that would expose them to to uh to rock music that's really cool you know i mean i would never have thought that that would be the kind of the catalyst for a lot of young musicians who are merging now but it makes total sense because that was right when you guys were young and it kind of merges that interest in video game and then also music so yeah it makes it makes great sense yeah absolutely i mean otherwise i don't really see too much i guess exposure of that kind of music some of those previous and, and more recent decades of music um and i think that was a a neat way of sort of bridging that gap with the younger generations. Yeah. As far as bass playing, um, what was it for you? What was, what was some of the first influences of bass or what made you want to pick up a bass? Was it, was it rock band or was there something else? Um, I mean, the game got me more so into the, the genre and the, the types of music, but as far as bass, I, I remember when I was, I don't know, like nine or 10, I might've tried guitar temporarily and I just wasn't really that into it. I had, I had so many friends that like all played guitar and I was like, well, everyone's playing guitar and doing the same thing. Like I want to do something a little bit different. And I think it was in, uh, I was going into the eighth grade middle school and the school band, I know the guy that was previously in eighth grade, I just graduated and a friend of mine said, like, oh, they're looking for someone to play bass for the school band, essentially. And I thought I would try it. Um, so that was pretty much my introduction to that. And ever since, I've just stuck with it. How about in terms of influences? What, what were some of the early bass players that you gravitated towards? Um, definitely. I know the first one, like I was saying, from the game, especially Tim Comerford from Rage. I was just fascinated with how it almost sounded like another guitar. It was just like the, the sounds of it were so expansive and I just, it very much so stood out to me. Um, same with Muse, same with uh, Chili Peppers. Um, actually, I know they had Black Sabbath on that game too, so I was definitely into Geezer as well and was and still is a huge John Paul Jones fan, Led Zeppelin, all sorts of stuff, but mostly around those kind of areas, genres. Yeah, John Paul Jones is so like sneaky good. You know, it's like you don't, he's not one <laughs> of the, the, that's the perfect way to say it. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, actually it's, it sits in there in a way where you don't realize how much, like 
honestly genius is going on. And then when you really pay attention, it's like, wow. Yeah. I think that's almost, it's almost more impressive than it's not. So in your face, you have to kind of look for it, I guess, or listen for it more. And and the fact that Bonham played with what Paige was doing, right? For the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, John Paul Jones, I mean, that could be a challenge for a bass player to kind of figure it out what the drummer's doing and how he's playing to the lead guitarist and the bass players kind of got to pick where he plays. That's, a, that's, I mean, that's remarkable to do that. Yeah. I mean, most, I would say I mean, it makes sense just because of our group and how it is just it being an instrumental trio. I've always been drawn to those guys that only have one guitar player in their group because it's definitely a different skill set to be sort of merging the gap between drums and guitar and not having a rhythm guitar player, which I I personally enjoy because it gives me more freedom to kind of do more than just the basic group stuff. Right. How about you, Robert? What was it? Uh, what was it for you? What were some of the first, what drew you, I mean, you mentioned what drew you to the drums, which was the rock band and playing that, but what were some of the early drummers that influenced you? Um, yeah, it was more, it was more so like, uh, it was just the rock band thing made it so that, Oh, I literally just have to hit stuff at the right time. That's it. So it made it like, made me realize that I could just hop on a drum set and do the same thing. It's like, Oh, I have a beat. And it was just kind of easier um, than I thought. Uh, uh, Probably Stuart Copeland. Even though I didn't really like, I wasn't really capable of playing a lot of the stuff that he would play back then. I thought that I was playing the right thing, and then later I'm like, oh wow, there's actually a lot more going on with Stuart than <laughs> I really thought. Um, and I would say Bonham, a lot of Chad Smith. I really like in the early stages, like I was really into um, Red Hot Chili Peppers and just grooving along to whatever they were doing. Um, and, um, I watched a lot of, um, YouTube videos, which really helped me understand, um, how people were doing like certain grooves or certain techniques and fills. Like I would lot, I would watch a lot of buddy wrist. There's no way I would be able to play like, like him back then. But, um, it was just crazy how someone could do so much with such a simple setup and, it, like you don't hear anyone do that still today. Like it's, it's crazy how much he accomplished. And as you guys, you know, move forward, when did it become something that you wanted to do? When did you guys want to get up on stage and be in a band? Funny thing about that. I mean, I guess I technically started doing that almost immediately when I was playing in school, even if it was just to like the school audience, um, I, I I don't know how I think about that, though. That was kind of just like, I wasn't thinking about that in the same way as later on. Um, I never really, to be honest, thought I would necessarily be in a group. I wasn't super adamant to do that and be on stage. Uh, it was more so that I just loved playing music on my own, whether it was a hobby or whatever else. Um, but I, mean, I, I was still in college and whatnot when I got hooked up with these guys and in a way just kind of threw myself into it with no real 
prior experience. And from that point on, it was just almost more of, I would say like an instinctual thing. Like it just, I, there wasn't really too much premeditated thought about it. It was just like, well, I'm trying this and I enjoy it and it feels right. So I'm just going to do that. Uh, I would say that um, I was in, uh, I was performing in front of people a lot with like, because I played violin first and I played in band. We had like band um, performances all the time, but no one really wants to go there and listen to classical music. Like no one our age really wants to come and listen too much to that. And then, um, I started playing drums and, uh, I realized how applicable drums were to like everything. So, um, once I started playing, I realized that more people would be interested in it. Um, so it was just more so like, well, this, this might be interesting if, if more people are interested in it, if they're more into what, um, I'm doing now, then maybe I could focus on this a little more. Um, and it was just playing in like friends bands and stuff. And yeah, it just kept going up from there. As far as the band Joyous Wolf, you know, I've always said that there's, it seems like there's a collective of influences in the band. I mean, there's some subtleties with, you know, uh, you know, some things that are very intricate, but then it's also kind of got that grungy blues feel to it, which I think is really kind of unique with where a lot of bands are coming from. And, you know, as you guys move forward, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the place in time EP right in front of me as we talk. Um, great EP. You guys released the single Odyssey, another great song as well. And then also Fearless. For As far as new music goes for you guys, what can fans expect for what's coming up in, in the new year? Um, I mean, definitely with COVID and whatnot, there's been a lot of sort of back and forth kind of dipping our feet in as far as the industry goes. I mean, obviously tours are getting postponed and rescheduled, as you mentioned with the warning. Um, I would say just definitely not a concrete answer, but I know we're looking at the spring or summer as far as an album release um could be later than that it just depends how things go but the goal is to have the album released this year and probably another single or two to come before that as well when you guys think about the last couple of years for a new band i imagine it's it's a lot of stops and restarts which can be frustrating um, there's probably been a lot of highs and an equal amount of lows because it's it's just hard to navigate through these situations, whether it's the whole country, whether it's state by state. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, as I did, you know, tours being postponed, like the warning. I was supposed to go with my son to see Mammoth and Dirty Honey a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that got postponed, too, as well. And, and you know, for for a young band, how do you guys deal with just the the twists and turns of what's happening right now with live music with the world and all and all that goes into it i mean it's hard to say i know i know when it 
first started happening, everyone was just very much literally on lockdown and not really sure where to go with it. Obviously, there wasn't as much information about it as there is now. Um, and thankfully, a lot of 2020, we had that time to write pretty much the whole album. And I would say, I mean, as terrible as it is and how much it's impacted the entire world globally, it's one of those things where regardless of what it is, if there's a bad situation thrown at you, you have to either let it consume you or accept that it's there and do what you can given the situation. And the way we view that is like, well, we'll never have this kind of complete free time ever again in our lives, I would think. Unless there's another one in 10, 20 years, hopefully not. But um, at least that's how I know we view it is like, we're, we'll never have this kind of complete free time like this again. And we really tried to make the best of the situation and use that time as efficiently as we could. And it led us to writing an entire album, which it's hard to say. It, it's, it's weird because like, I think like if that didn't happen, I don't even know if we would necessarily have this album. Like, yes, it would, it might've been better. We would have been still been touring consistently or this and that. But at the same time, I also think like, well, given the situation, we were able to do this and I know we're very happy with it and it might not have been that way otherwise. Um, so I would just say as far as how it's been, how it currently is and may continue to be, it's just whether you're a newer band or not, you just, you have to adapt to the situation that you're in and make the most of it. As far as creativity goes, I've talked to, I talked to a lot of artists on this show. Some of them had difficulty being creative when they're not living their life like they normally do. They need that, that life experience to, to be inspired. And then there's the other side that had no issues, had no problem. Did you guys experiencing, experience any challenges with your creative process? I, I would say so. Um, I mean, as much as it was nice, there was a free time. Obviously, there was just the reality of the situation of like, there's at least at, at that point in time, it was like, well, who knows how and when things are going to return. Um, there were definitely slumps during that period where it was just like, what are we even doing? Like, is there any sort of like foreseeable future in any of this? Um, but I mean, again, yeah, some people might prefer to, or they might be more inspired um, when they're living in that kind of life, like you said. Um, I think both of them are applicable and both of them can bring different things, uh, different types of creativity. Um, I know if we were possibly like trying, if we had an idea we could have with on the road, it might be different than something we did when we're just all at home in that situation. Um, so yeah, I would, I would say there was a bit of both. Um, there were definitely some time where it was just like, where, what is even happening right now? I have no idea. <laughs> And then other times it was like, well, we have all this time to really iron things out the way we want to. And at the end of the day, we it got us to what we wanted to achieve as far as an album goes. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of like a mixed bag. Like I think we, we were so 
used to touring and we were just touring a lot and kind of doing whatever was thrown our way um that that energy ended up um being put into our music when we had the time to write during the um the lockdown um and then once that sort of energy run out and we were just like well what's happening what are we kind of doing <laughs> like that would happen every once in a while but it's it's pretty great to have that allotted amount of time to really hone in on what sort of like songs you want to write and what sound you want um so it's it's yeah it's it's uh it was frustrating sometimes but i'm also thankful for it it's it's interesting yeah not only that but i mean it's also it's also very common whether it's music or writing or any whatever kind of art i think it's very normal to have a just periods of writer's block if you want to call it that and yeah i think i think that's already part of sort of the ebb and flow of doing something creative you have to be prepared for times where you're not going to feel like you can do anything honestly and then there are times where you play you can do anything as far as being creative so i think just it also forced us to um accept that as well and just know that even at times where it felt like very uninspired or we weren't motivated that those times were going to come back and we were able to do what we needed to do through that. You guys had a lot of momentum, a lot of great things happening. You did the tour with Buck Cherry. You did the tour with Deep Purple. Those were, you know, I I think you did some festivals um, as well. And, you know, even last year, you know, touring with Dirty Honey or playing, that one festival in Oklahoma that had all these great emerging bands, Dirty Honey, Mammoth, Plush. Um, yeah, yeah. That was just, you know, a, a great thing to do as well. A great thing to have. How do you, when you have those, those, um, those high points, like I just mentioned, and I'm sure there's more, um, like, I mean, the first, I mean, the last two singles you guys have released, Odyssey and Fearless, are just extraordinary. They're incredible songs. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but you know, when you do have those low points where you're, you know, the unknown is more prevalent than the known, do you guys kind of turn to that bubble of music and bubble of creativity to kind of help you cope with that and kind of get out of that? I would say so for myself. Like I did music has always sort of been like a therapy thing for me. Um, so when things are, when I'm feeling kind of down sometimes, like it can really bring me out of whatever funk i'm in as far as discovering you guys um i read this article back in 2018 by matt wake who writes for al.com he also does stuff with spin and rolling stone and billboard and he wrote this article called band new bands other than greta van fleet that you should know about and you guys were one of those bands i think there was 10 to 15 bands or something but Whenever I revisit that list and I see the the quality of talent and the quality of great music, whether it's Joyous Wolf, Dirty Honey was was included in that. I think True Villains was out of Nashville and um, The Struts, of course, and, and some of these other great rock bands. It's amazing how every one of these bands that has emerged over the last few years is really becoming 
the leaders in new rock because there's so much new music that's out there. When you look back at your or when you look at your peers and you look at some of the other stuff that's happening along with Joyous Wolf, are you guys in that moment right now where you're like, besides all the challenges that you guys have all faced, all bands have faced over the last couple of years, it's got to be pretty exciting too to be thought of as one of the faces of new rock. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the greatest part about it is just that it's sort of a collective idea. Um, And I mean, even, even if you take the, the genre out of it, I don't even know what they call it in that article necessarily, but genre aside, it's just cool to see that there's this sort of group of bands that are collectively kind of uh, championing this, whatever you want to call it. Um, And the thing I think, I think the thing I appreciated about it is that it's, um, I don't know, a lot of music has just become very, I, I would almost say like sterilized in a way. And I think if there's anything in common with a lot of those groups that you mentioned is just that it's, it's just bringing something with that's very real and very much so based on the players in the groups and their musical ability. And it's just, I, I, that's something I appreciate. And that's something we strive for as well. Yeah. Cause you know, each band has kind of, is creating their own path. And I like the fact that a lot of the bands that were in that article and a lot of new bands in general, but also there seems to be a sense of community with a lot of you guys that are out there touring together, doing festivals together, really knowing each other. And that's gotta be kind of a cool thing or very, it is a cool thing because, you know, anytime you guys can pick up the phone or text each other or whatever, and say, hey, let's go out on the road and do this, or let's let's try to get this done, or you know, there, there seems to be more of a a support for each other than maybe there was with periods of music in the past. Absolutely, yeah. and uh, the thing that's so great about that is just, I mean, like it seems like most of these groups us and others kind of started emerging, I don't know, 2017, 16, 18, roughly. And um, I mean, being on a lot of these like festivals and whatnot, it's like, it seems like it's usually a lot of them are like primarily metal. And then there's, it's always felt like there was like us and a couple other groups that weren't necessarily in the same genre or just kind of, stuck out a little bit more, I guess. And I mean, and the other thing too, is as far as this genre, like I know us and others have primarily been as far as touring goes and whatnot, been opening for groups that have already been established for one or several decades. I mean, examples being that we talked about like Buckcherry has been around and then Deep Purple's obviously been around for a very long time. And as amazing as it was to, open for a group like that that's just legendary um i know i would say the most fun i've had touring was with dirty honey that's because it's just that was the first time i was like oh wow there's actually like a sense of like community or like we're really like doing this together and like enjoying it together and it was a great fit and a great time yeah i could um to add on to what greg's saying just i 
the feeling of camaraderie with another like band that's like up and coming that's like really good it's like dirty honey's amazing um it was an amazing feeling to be able to play with them like it's i cannot understate that like it was just great to see like them play and just play with a band that's like also up and coming and doing the same sort of like instrumental rock or whatever you want to call it um yeah i don't know yeah i get that um from a lot of the bands that i see a lot of the newer bands is that you know following their social media or seeing how they they interact with each other i mean it does feel like you, there's a supportive effort for everybody to be to be part of it and to help each other and also see what one of those bands are doing it maybe they're successful at something that maybe you guys need to work on and how are they doing that and i i, I really like that because you know a few years ago we talked about how rock and roll wasn't relevant as much as it was and there was this conversation this ongoing conversation about you know new music and and does it concern bands, you know, about that issue? And I remember your Blake, who was on a couple of years ago, said, you know, whatever is good will be found. And that's such an important statement because it's so true in that things that are developing and things that are evolving, like the new rock scene, um, it's very good. It's incredible. And it's only going to take a matter of time before it took off. Well, that was what you said then. And it is starting to take off. I do feel like there's, even though 2020 and 2021, 2020 was, was worse. 2021 ended on a bad note. Who knows what 2022 will be, but there does seem to be a sense of it's slowly rising and it's slowly building, you know? And yeah, you always talk about what rises fast, falls fast. And if you've got it, you know, build it slow and sturdy, it'll be more, it'll last a lot longer. Yeah. And in, in a way it kind of reminds me of a lot of how the um, like Seattle scene was viewed of just, I mean, I think a lot of those groups don't even never even want to like refer themselves as grunge necessarily. But the thing that was so neat about it is it was like one of them started to gain traction. And from that, another one came and then another one and it sort of built, this collective scene, which ended up sort of bringing about this new genre of music. But from what I, from what I know of those groups, there was a very like consistent, like collective community amongst them, which I thought was really neat. Yeah. I was going to mention that, you know, the new emerging rock scene is very reminiscent to that Seattle scene that grew out of the glam scene of LA in the eighties, you know, um, you know, things got so far removed of what the actual music was. Cause you know, when that scene first started in the eighties, you know, the bands coming out of LA, they were supportive of each other for the most part. You you can, everyone from Van Halen to Motley Crue and all these other bands, but as it kept going, it just got farther and farther away of what the essence of it was. And then, you know, this grunge scene came out with, you know, Nirvana really being the first one to break through and Pearl Jam and, you know, the rest was history with Soundgarden, Alice in Chains and others. But you're right. I mean, it was a very much more communal atmosphere from those bands where it may have started that way in previous generations, but 
it became very fractured after a while with, with the seventies and the eighties. Yeah. As far as the, you know, creating, um, is there anything that you guys feel with the new music coming that you guys have evolved, you know, where, where is the, probably the biggest area of, of evolution in your creativity for the band and for yourselves individually? I would definitely say songwriting and along with songwriting or related songwriting, I guess showing more strength and having that really, because I mean, we all, we all are very guilty of just loving to just jam whatever it could go on. It could go on for hours. Like it doesn't have to be anything, but the other thing that was great about uh, 2020 and the, the lockdown time is it really forced us to be focused on the songwriting element. And also unlike other times where we were in between tours and recording, it was like very fast paced. And in a way I almost felt like we never had as much of that time to really like sit down and take the time to figure out what we wanted to do as far as songwriting. Uh, it was very fast paced. It's like you're on a schedule, you're on a timeline. This has to be done and recorded by then. And then right after that, you're touring again, which I, I enjoyed the fast paced aspect of it as well. But I think it was really nice for us to have the time, almost like too much time, as much time as we needed to really work out things the way we wanted to, especially too, because it was really just, we weren't seeing anyone um during lockdown besides each other and it gave us the time to really focus on that when you think of that creative process and you think about the ep that uh you released a couple years ago and now you have these you know like i said odyssey and fearless and now with the new material which you guys predominantly played over the summer does it give you or I should ask the way I should ask it is, do you guys, you know, believe with your music that you have found your sound as a band or do you believe it's still evolving? Hmm. I don't, that's, that's hard. I would say yes and no. I'm, I'm very much the type of person that like is it's, I don't know. It's, it's a good and bad thing, but I'm almost painfully like never satisfied with what we're doing, which when I stop and think about it, I'm very happy with what, what we did. And I think it's, I think it's um, an evolution in our sound. Part of me wonders like, is this, is this really like what we would be known for or will we continue to evolve and almost just further like mature, whatever it is we're doing. Um, so I don't know. It, it's a little bit of both. I definitely think we've, we've, come a lot more into our own from the EP to now. Um, but it, I'm definitely already start, starting to think about the next thing, I guess I would say. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting to talk about because when you're in the creative process, you're like in that like sort of vehicle state where you're, you're like trying to catch this sort of moving target thing. And then um, like, likewise with, Greg, like I'm also not like I'm very critical of myself and like our own music and like when I'm in the state of like being creative, like it can be kind of exhausting sometimes of how much you want it to sound like a certain way. 
And then when you look back on it, it's kind of a different sort of state of mind where you're like, okay, yeah, this is cool. Um, but I feel like, um, I feel like it's always a moving target. Like you always have to be inspired to reach on to the next thing and never like really kind of keep trying to do the same thing. Like, like you can have like some sort of style, but being able to like stretch and work that style out in different ways, if that makes sense. What do you guys do to do that? I mean, you know, obviously you're fans of particular style of music or bands or whatever. Do you guys force yourselves to listen to other things or be open to other things to, to help that evolution? I mean, I, I definitely like to do that just individually anyways. Um, regardless, of, even if it's something I don't like, I always just like to listen to new things just for the sake of anything not becoming too routine or repetitive. Um, I don't know if we necessarily intentionally do that. Like, oh, we need to sit down and like listen to new things to broaden our horizons. Um, the thing that I've always enjoyed about this group is that's, when I when I joined, I know when the guys started this, I don't really know if there was too much of like, let's sit down and like, what do we want to sound like? What do we want to do? It was really just, it all, all came very naturally and just started playing together. And whatever came about, came about. And in a lot of ways, it's still that way. I mean, we definitely have a more collective idea just since we've been playing more and more over time. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, a lot of it still, I think we're, we're very present with what we're doing and it, it seems more instinctual that like whatever I'm listening to on my own is going to come out in what we're currently doing, regardless if I thought about that, like pre meditatively or not, which is a cool thing. Yeah. Um, I, I would also say, like, I don't, I don't necessarily, like, go out and try and listen to, like, different things consciously. Like, I'm trying to, like, synthetically make it, make myself, like, broader as a musician. Um, I just, if I hear some things that are, that aren't really, I don't listen to just rock and roll. It's just, I listen to all music. So, like, when I listen to how different genres groove with their drums i'm like oh that's interesting because then you can kind of see some um some similarities in different genres even though they have completely different drum sounds like one's like a real drummer one's uh, sampled like drums program drums or something um i find it really fun to sort of it's just fun to listen to other genres and figure out how they groove when i look at your music and you know the some of the songs that come to mind on you know face and time or you know feel the low which is a fantastic song undesired mother rebel into odyssey and, and fearless you do hear that definitive growth in the music and i like it i mean like i said the last two songs have been great the, the whole ep was been fantastic but when you when you talk about incorporating you know those that organic sound, like you said, Greg, about how when you jammed, 
the sound came naturally. It wasn't trying to sound like a band or, or something else. You hear that. You really do. And as I talked in the, in the first part of the interview about that collective influence of, of different styles of rock, very few newer bands have that in their sound because it's, it, your sound is very textured. It's very layered. You know, you hear elements of punk, you hear elements of grunge, you know, classic rock, alternative. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun to listen to. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Moving forward, is there a single or a, or a time frame where you could say what people can expect to, to hear or see new music from you guys? Nothing too concrete. I, I would say that I'm probably the most realistic thing I could say is by summer to be expecting something. Maybe sooner, maybe later, but that's ballpark for now. Okay. Okay. And then hitting the road with anybody or can that be you talked about or still working on that stuff too as well? Uh, That's also very much so in the works, but um, it's looking like we'll be announcing something pretty soon. Awesome. Well, Greg, Robert, thanks for doing this. Um, again, big fan of Joyous Wolf. Uh, continued success, and uh, hopefully this year is is uh, is a big year for you guys. Thank you very much for having us. Thanks, Ben. Thank you for having us. Everyone, that is Greg and Robert, the bass and drummer from the band Joyous Wolf. I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock me podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 